Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the Online Enquirer podcast, it's Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner as we recap what was a very, very informative, interesting media roundtable with Illinois Athletics Director Josh Whitman, as it always is. This one might have set a record. I had my recorder at two hours and two minutes. Uh, the opening statement with the way over of what we were setting beforehand uh, was a 70-minute opening statement for Josh Whitman, uh, which wasn't even after the uh, the pandemic. I thought the pandemic after effect one would be a bit longer, but he always has plenty to talk about, but it's always interesting to hear from him. Joey Wagner, just your huge Huge overall thought of, of Josh Whitman and the sit down, which I guess I should set this up for people. He does this every June. Uh, he, he doesn't let us record it video or he asks us not to record it video wise, which is fine because then he sits down with the TV people afterwards for their purposes. Uh, but we can record it. It's all on the record. Uh, we can transcribe it, all of those things. Uh, it's kind of a more informal setting in a formal kind of way. But I just think it's good every year that he kind of has this, you know, State of the Illini, you would say, and really is pretty candid uh, about many topics. Yeah, he is. And there's really no, as you mentioned, Jeremy, it was two hours. There's really no time limit. I and mean, if you've got something, it's it's kind of hard to think you're going to walk out of there without the ability to ask that. But I, I think the big takeaway for me was Josh Whitman knows college athletics is kind of at an inflection point and they're coming up to a fork in the road. And he didn't seem like he's cool standing by and just watching this thing kind of get figured out, kind of not get figured out. He knows there needs to be some forward thinking, some progressive thoughts, some ways to to push the envelope in this to make it work. And now he's not going to go. He's not going to be the biggest voice in college athletics. That's just not the role he plays. But I think he understands that things need to, to change. And he's on board with making those changes in a way that's meaningful and impactful. And it's probably going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, listen, I think the everyday fan, and I don't blame them for this, is probably most interesting. What's he got to say about basketball? What's he got? What's he think about Brett Bielma? And th those things are interesting and newsworthy. Uh, his follow-up on hockey and facilities, right? Like there are some other nuggets we'll get to here. His, his opinion on divisions in the Big Ten is really important because he has a say in all of those things. And, if, you know, I went in there wanting him to ask about name, image, and likeness. But I told you beforehand, Joey, like I was struggling to find the right way to to ask the question I wanted to ask, which is what is college athletics going to look like? Is the NCAA going to be involved? How does the big 10 and the PAC 12 and all these other leagues of the Alliance, how do they counter what the sec is doing, which, you know, a year ago, we're thinking when they take Texas, Oklahoma, are they just going to try and do a super conference? Are they just going to try to do their own thing where they have all the power? Um, that was a huge power grab by them. How do they counter that and make sure that, hey, there's still five conferences that are really viable here? But he kind of brought it up, Joey, with everything that's going on. It was the last thing really in his introductory statement where he said, we have a credibility problem. It's college athletics right now. And we have been on our heels for the past several years and, and maybe decades, if you want to say that, about what the future of college athletics is going to be. You have the Supreme Court basically saying, you are an illegal institution, NCAA. Brett Kavanaugh basically saying, you shouldn't exist the way you currently exist, right? In his opinion, in the Austin case, which I know gets a little highbrow a little bit when we talk about some of these legal cases, but I think the average fan needs to know about these things. Um, and then you have another case, uh, the NCAA, Johnson versus the NCAA, where 
they're suing for more student athlete pay for private institutions, which eventually could be brought into the public realm as well and affect Illinois. Um, you have the SEC doing what it's doing, NIL. Uh, all of these things are happening in the NCAA right now in the midst of the Austin case is toothless. They're afraid to act on anything. The federal government has not addressed NIL. So it's basically who's going to step up and make these decisions. And Josh Whitman saying, we as college leaders, whether it's conference commissioners, athletics directors, NCAA presidents, whatever is, we have to make these decisions, be more proactive. And he said, well, I'm more progressive than probably most of my colleagues. We need to be more progressive and chart our own path. And I followed up, Joe, and said, what does that look like? And he said, well, if the NCAA changes its rules, then the NCAA can be a viable entity going forward. But if they don't, we might have to go away from the NCAA. And I kind of just stopped. I was like, okay, Josh Whitman, the Illinois athletic director, who is now the fifth longest tenured athletic director in the Big Ten, who we know is a great order. And I think in 10, 15 years, like, maybe he's a guy people want to talk about as a big 10 commissioner down the line. Right. Like I think he's got that kind of gift. Um, and I, we've seen who he's been able to mobilize at Illinois. Right. I felt like that was him kind of coming into his own as like a public voice of saying, Hey, I've seen enough. I've watched enough. I've taken part in enough of these conversations and maybe been vocal behind the scenes. Now he's publicly coming out and saying, we have to consider our options and that maybe the NCAA is not part of our options. And he even mentioned that's a huge fork in the road. He knew what he was saying, but he still said it publicly. I thought that was, he's not the first one to say that, right? We've seen the PAC 12 commissioner say this as well, but this is, I thought that was momentous um, that, that he said that. I don't know if enough people kind of took notice of that. Even after we reported, I think that was a huge moment. Yeah, it was a shape up or ship out NCAA, right? I mean, that's what it was. It, it's not, there's ways that it's not working. And you're right, Jeremy, I, that's a really good way to put it. He did come into his own with that. And and we have to say, Josh doesn't say anything by accident, literally nothing. It's not like he walked out of that room after those two hours and was like, oh boy, what have I what have I done here? Has that he had one of those moments yet? I don't know if he's had one of those moments yet. No, I, I which in the Q&A session like this, as many as he does, that's pretty, um, all right, man, good for you, Josh. He's a lawyer, right? He's a, he's a lawyer. He knows how to do he, But yeah, he's not going to say not ideal, but it's not a dagger to the heart of the program, which was just real human talk by Paul Kowalczyk, uh, who's in a tough spot, but it was like, you're not going to have those with Whitman. It doesn't seem. This was real human talk from Josh Whitman too. It, it was just a, in a way that was more calculated and, and more intentional. That was real. That wasn't Josh trying to say, Hey, Rosemont, why don't you look down 57 a little bit and see what we're saying down here. He knew what he was saying and, and that, and it was real from him. It made sense. And the way he, he went in to go further with that is, is he kind of laid everything out like college athletics divisions one through three, are, are all the NCAA are, are under this tent and we're supposed to understand that one tent, the rules for one tent apply in the same way they do at the university of Illinois to Millican indicator. And that's not a knock on Millican, but these are two different operating like football operates in two different ways at, at those two schools. And, and basically Josh was saying, we can't pretend like these operate the same way. Like we have to, to understand that, Things are different, and we have to, if that means making those differences work best for us, then that means going away from the NCAA. All right, see, but he kind of did challenge them, and then that was a big moment for Josh. And it does, Jeremy, get me wondering, Has we don't know what he says behind the scenes, but I'm guessing it's a lot along the lines then, right? I, I, don't, I don't think that's the first time Anybody who's ever associated with Josh has heard that line of thinking. I'd be floored if that was the case, to be honest with you. So, you know, how big is that voice behind the scenes? Yeah, because you're used to Gene Smith at Ohio State, Gary Barta at Iowa, um, even Sandy Barber in recent years at Penn State. Those have kind of been the big voices, right? Um, so I, I just find it interesting. Can, can Does Josh do this more often where he kind of tries to lead 
through the public, um, through the media as well. I th- I'd be interested. I, I still think he's going to have his discussions. I don't think, like you said, this is new to anybody out there. Uh, but the reason he sees this is because uh, he thinks the NCAA to, to hold up to legal, right, legal decisions that have happened over the last years, they have to pay more to their student athletes, right? Like he he thinks this is gonna they're gonna have to pay more, and if the NCAA doesn't allow that, maybe we, you know, get rid of that. Like the Pac-12 commissioner is already talking about, hey, football, which really the NCAA doesn't have much say over the Power Five conferences right now. The college football playoff is not part of the NCAA, right? We got to remind ourselves that. Um, they, they can just break off and, and do their own thing and not have to worry about the NCAA rules um, that are you know built for 1,100 institutions, only 65 of which are power five institutions. Now, they have gotten more autonomy in recent years, but I don't think Josh says that and think, unless he thinks it's a, it's a real possibility. So what that looks like will be very interesting. I don't know what it means for the NCAA tournament uh, that we all care about with men's basketball. But the NCAA makes most of their money on the NCAA tournament. I think they would have to come to some agreement with the Power Five conferences because it doesn't make any money if they don't have those teams. But I think most importantly, this would this would mostly impact uh, football, clearly, Joey, which is the big money maker for all of them. And Josh basically said, like, what this could look like is the European soccer model, where you have different leagues, La Liga, Champions League. I'm I'm like Josh, not a huge European soccer expert, but you have all these different conferences that have different rules, but they come together after they crown their own champion and then have a champion, which is basically what the college football playoff is. So I don't think it's that's outside of the realm of possibility. But what Josh said, the problem is, is getting everybody to agree to these things. And I thought he was sending a message to the SEC when he said, we are competitors and we're trying to win, win, win all the time. And the SEC they, they feel good about win, win, winning when they won five of eight college football playoff championships. They steal Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12. Like, what can't they do right now? That's probably what they're thinking is we're the Super League because they kind of are. But Jess said, for the betterment of all college sports, we need to come together and find the best rules for all of us that will help the entire sport. Because I don't think – I mean, college football, if it's just the SEC, cool for them. But then college football, and I think football in general – is it the same thing if you don't have the rest of the country represented here? Like, I, I think uh, that's what Josh is getting at. It was the SEC's kind of been doing its own thing, and that's why the alliance sparked up. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, Josh thinks these people can actually come together and chart a path together rather than just kind of look out for themselves. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, and you see a little bit of that happening with the alliance, which really is – kind of a a named handholding between some conferences right the Pac-12, yeah it doesn't really there's been not a lot of practicality about it but there's aligned thoughts and i think as you start to walk into these waters of change and understanding the more aligned thoughts you have and it seems like the alliance is on some similar page in some capacity that's good and you want to add to that but it, there does need to be something what was josh's point but i, I wonder jeremy with when he started giving the european soccer model i'm not i'm also not a, a european soccer fan i might have to facetime our friend andy olson from wcia into this to give us a breakdown have yeah, a good but, but he said he, he talked about the different rules i wish i had followed up and frankly jeremy as we sat there on june 28th i, I don't know that he had an answer for it, but what different rules I don't know what that looks like. I'll just say that I don't know. Well, I, I mean, it could be simple, Joey, as a, as a rule of, hey, can the SEC, can they have like 40 assistant coaches? Can Alabama have 40 assistant coaches? The Big Ten, do they cap it at 50? Ball like that, like player, um, you know, inducements. Like, can you just pay for recruits? Like, that that might be a rule. Like, you could have if, if you're not in the NCAA. So I think that's what Josh was getting at is like, yeah, we might have different rules, and maybe that leans in favor of, say, the SEC, which I would imagine it would, um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll be fine with that. Maybe we have to make that compromise, uh, Josh was saying. But he, he was saying he thinks that model can hold up to, you know, monopolistic kind of standards, which the NCAA, 
is kind of in trouble with, with, with uh, Supreme Court and all these legal. So I, I know it gets a little high-minded with all these courts, but I thought that was the headline. I, I, I thought Josh even bringing up that possibility publicly, expanding on it, I thought that said that he thinks this is going to be a real possibility. One, one possibility that I think we as media and we as football fans or college sports fans we got to start realizing that could be coming down the pike within the next decade, right? Within the next couple of years. Yeah. I, I will also say, let's be honest. I do feel bad for the group of college athletics fans who are like, man, I just want to sit down on a Saturday afternoon and watch football. Like it's harder to, it's harder to do that. There's just a lot. But you're the, you're the reason you're the reason why all this is happening because all you watch so much football. Those media rights deals are so expensive and make so much money that the players are getting something that the rules have to change, that the powers shift, like all of that, like that's all part of it, right? Yeah, it's all part of it. I understand there's a group of fans who just want to sit down and be like, this is my team. I like these guys. I like the players. Saturdays are awesome for me, whatever the, the day you sit and watch college athletics is. And maybe that's how you want to consume it. I understand that. But to your point, like, yeah, there's – the way you consume it might be different uh, in, in the next 10 years or, or what is being consumed might be different. And it's a lot, dude, you're right. It, it is a lot to absorb what could happen. And I think Josh yesterday just wanted to kind of put it on the table. Like, Hey, there's a lot going on. It's a lot happening. All of this might happen. Some of this might happen. None of this might happen, but these are the kind of the options as I see it that sit on the table. And just to wrap this up, I think Josh's goal is to make sure that fans, the sport they know, though it's going to change, um, we've already seen that with NIL, it will remain somewhat similar, right? Like that it still be Illinois in the Big Ten, competing for Big Ten championships, competing against their rivals. You know, Ohio State and Michigan are still in the conference, right? Like, I think that's his goal is, is to try and navigate Illinois, the Big Ten, college athletics, him is is whatever role he is to say that, hey, we need to keep something similar because if all of a sudden it's the SEC doing their own playoff and their own thing, this all changes, like to to where probably we all don't want to go. And I think that was his message. I think the other thing, Joey, NIL, uh, Josh gave some figures about NIL. He said 400 NIL deals among 150 student athletes said half of that was for men's basketball and football, but he said all 21 sports were well-represented. When it comes to Illinois, he did seem to say, I followed up with a question about like, is this an advantage for you guys? He said, I don't think we're the best, but I think we're far from the worst and that it can be an advantage for Illinois. I think we're seeing that in basketball. Uh, You know, he's been very proactive hiring Cam Cox, who we've had on the podcast uh, and you know, obviously pushing for state legislation to change so that they can be more involved in the process. So I think Illinois is doing a pretty good job. Uh, objectively, not knowing all the figures, Joey, of what they're making compared to, you know, the Big Ten rivals. I think Illinois seems to be proactive in approaching this the right way. Uh, but he did say it's very difficult to understand what is fact, what is fiction in NIL, because there's really no enforcement of all of this right now. The NCAA is toothless right now. The federal government has not gotten involved. So he said a year into this, we're still kind of trying to figure out how this all works and where it's going. I know this is a question we're asked a lot. So I want to ask you if you maybe had the same split second thought in your mind that I did. As Josh started going with all those figures, did you think, is he going to tell us how much athletes that Illinois made in total over the last year? Did you think that? Yeah, I was wondering, is like, is he gonna give like us a five million or something like that? Like that would have been that would have been really interesting if he did that. Now, I don't think he wants us going like, well, if they get three million total, how Kofi was probably a million or something, you know what I mean? Like five hundred thousand. I don't think it I don't think those numbers, Joey, would be up there like that, but um it would be really interesting. I just don't know if he legally wanted to share that or privately wanted to share yeah, that i'm not surprised he didn't but there was a split second in my mind where i thought finally the most popular question we're asked with nil we might have some degree of an answer to i'm not surprised he didn't 
Uh, the, the thing that was interesting, and we can get in, Jeremy, to the Guardians and their relationship with Illinois, because Josh did touch on that. But when he talked about the, the there's a lot of sizzle being reported, it, it, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He, he used the term sizzle and steak. Is, it's a lot of people, to me, it kind of felt like a challenge to us, to be honest with you, is, hey, don't get caught up in, in all every last number you hear thrown in the wind, because a lot of it's maybe not right. And it might not be the most accurate. And, and, and like when we're me- seeing when we're seeing like nine to eleven million dollars for a five-star quarterback, maybe maybe that's the reality of those programs, but that seems wrong. And that seems like a bad investment. <laughs> it just seems like a really bad investment to me. So yeah, some of that stuff. I don't know, like all of us want to know, like what was the actual offer to Kofi? And I heard it could have been close to seven figures. Other people are saying higher things, you know, I, I don't know exactly. Cause Kofi's not sharing that Illinois is not sharing that, you know, the people who, you know, could raise for him, the guardians wouldn't share that, but um, yeah, like those things are all interesting to me, but we don't know. We don't know exactly what those figures are. Cause as of right now, they're private unless somebody puts it on the record and it's out there. Yeah, and I, I just thought when, when he talked about the sizzle and steak, I, it just maybe felt like a reminder to us, to people who consume that information, that there's a lot thrown at the wall. But when you start talking in IO, there's a lot of figures thrown out there. Really kind of see what sticks at some, in some points, it feels like. And, and to me, that felt like Josh cautioning and saying, don't take the bait every time. Like, feel, think a little bit. But I do think, He's embracing this man. Like I think, I think NIL certainly helped with guys like Sky Clark, with guys like Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, knowing what Kofi did, probably knowing even what a guy like Trent Frazier could do, Coleman Hawkins. Now the fact that those guys uh, could make a certain amount and they know what that amount is. They use that in recruiting, right? Like they can't say, Hey, you come here, you're going to make $250,000 player X, but they can tell him, Hey, Trent Frazier made this last year in the first year of NIL or Coleman Hawkins, who was a halftime starter last year. This is what he made in NIL. Imagine what you can do at at some place like Illinois. So they use this. I mean, he he was very upfront. Like we use this in recruiting uh, this way, right? We try to use it the proper way, but we can't induce them. We can't give them a figure that they're definitely going to make here. We can, we can give them a pretty good idea of what they're capable of. Yeah, it's part of the pitch. And that's what he said. You know, it used to be facilities, playing time, development, all that. And those are still the case. I mean, no one's going to say they're not. But he put in another another variable into that. And it, it's, I'm glad to hear, I guess, just because I think every college should probably go this way to not just put your hand to the big, I don't know, man, you're on your own. Good luck. You know, come here. Good luck. Like, I, I think there should be some guidance there and some, some numbers, some guidepost mile markers to put out there so so people know what's there because i think if you're not if you're just going to try to go hands off on this thing which hopefully as we sit here a year later there's not a lot of schools going hands off like i don't know on this maybe there are i don't know but illinois is not in that boat they're, they're involved in in presenting that obviously the guardians are part of this jeremy joshua hey, hey. brought that up they embrace the guardians, right? Like they, they have basically signed off and given them the stamp of the approval and the guardians. I mean, I've talked with them a lot. I'm going to talk to another one this week. Like they've done a good job of being in contact with the university and not being one of these rogue collectives, right? Like they're going to try and do this thing the right way. Uh, and they've been with Illinois. So it seems like it's a, it's a positive relationship there. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout out to our friend, Doug Bouchon at rivals who asked Josh, Hey, is there a concern that, you know, Josh's whole thing has been, he's gotten all these donations, right? For facilities here or there. And, and Doug asked a really good question and said, are you concerned that the money that you've gotten from donors for buildings or, or for whatever the case may be, may instead go to athletes and you would kind of take a hit in that donation fund is more or less what was asked. And Josh kind of said, look, I, understand that's probably a reality that that might face us and what that would do is if money goes to these players instead of to the facilities well that would probably elevate your program right in an elevated program that's different like it's a long-term domino effect and i know people have wondered i've wondered about that and i thought that was an interesting answer from josh as well is understanding that there might be a 
a facility or whatever donation hit in the short term, but his hope, and we don't know that it will work, we think it makes sense, but his hope is that it would pay out in the long term. Yeah, you just hope it all evens out, right? Like that, right. that hey, the money's still coming to our program, maybe indirectly, directly, uh, but it's still going to bettering our program. All right, uh, speaking of donations, he hit on facilities. I thought there was going to be more meat on this bone, Joey. Hmm. I, I, I came into this thinking, you know, with hockey gone, he's going to have an idea of, because we, we started to hear that, you know, they bought land, right, on, on the south side of, of Champaign towards campus and that this could be maybe the facility for, for volleyball, gymnastics, and, you know, um, wrestling. Well, it seems like it is for wrestling. There, there could be a standalone wrestling facility potentially uh, for practice facility, and then they compete in State Farm Center. Uh, but volleyball, Huff Hall, incremental improvements. Memorial Stadium, Josh Whitman said his dream would be a $200 million renovation. And uh, I, I've stood with him at Nebraska. He really likes the way that stadium is. I, I think the Iowa kind of frame of getting people closer to the field. I think he'd love to do something like that and obviously upgrade uh, a lot in the uh, the east side uh, of the stadium. But it's incremental incremental upgrades. They've had a lot of you know facelifting uh, on the east side, uh, some cosmetic touches over there, uh, but nothing huge outside of the wrestling standalone facility there. Yeah, and I understand the Memorial Stadium stuff isn't exactly going to make everybody jump for joy. Uh, I mean, I think there's people who understandably wanted to see a bulldozer backed into the the horseshoe and, and have that taken care of right now. That's just not that's not the reality of it. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they did just they did just have an eighty million dollar football facility upgrade and a fifty or forty million dollar right. basketball facility upgrade. I understand, but uh, uh, Memorial Stadium, the, the horseshoe, the east side of the stadium, gets a lot of probably justified questions about it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I did think maybe because that downtown facility fell apart, that you would that Josh was going to unveil something, but. It kind of feels a little bit right or wrong, however you want to look at it, like you catch your breath second after this. There was a swoon of, of football, basketball, baseball, diverging, all of that at once, basically. And now it's it feels like you catch your breath and, and know what to attack next. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the standalone wrestling was probably the most notable part of that. I mean, yeah, sure. East side of facilities getting the facelift. That's nice. But wrestling was one that kind of got my attention. Yeah. Ubbin will be done by the season. If all goes to plan, they'll be in there practicing uh, by late August. So before the season, and then uh, the rest of it should be completed uh, by mid October, they said. So that it's supposed to be awesome. Um, so I can't wait to, to tour that place. Baseball, softball, indoor facilities will be done very shortly. Uh, they've done the soccer and track, which I know, Joey, you've been there. I've been around there. It was fantastic. Demerging in the golf. They got a, a big upgrade here recently. So, uh, you know, Whitman is pouring a lot of money and, and raising a lot of money for these. Um, so you should be commended for that. And I know he'd love to do football. I'm sure that's going to be the next huge thing uh, outside of wrestling for him. Yeah, I think that's important. I don't think Josh is, is saying like, no, it's cool. What, what's, the, what's the situation here? Why, why are you guys upset? I don't think that's the tone at all. I just think it's the tone of, hey, this this just can't happen tomorrow. This is something that's got to be a little more layered and slowly done. And again, that's not going to make everyone happy, but I it, it isn't. I think it's just important to stress. This isn't for a lack of Josh saying like, yeah, whatever. It, that's just not necessary. Uh, and Josh maybe basically gave his spiel, spiel again for hockey uh, about why it fell apart. Uh, you know, said he was right at the you know goal line, ready to get this done. And the pandemic happened, costs rose 30% and just became infeasible. And, and he didn't want it hanging over. And he said, we just have to move on right now. But he answered his own question. He said, could we change this down the road? Maybe. Yeah. If things change, like if, if we're in a different spot. And I, I think he's also wants to get through this uncertainty of what college athletics is going to be uh, before he does this. Uh, and another thing we got to add to this, Joey, is we didn't get the chance to ask about this, about the future of men's gymnastics and just maybe the future of some programs, uh, given where college athletics is going. Um, just in spring, just an hour or two after we uh, were done with that media roundtable, kudos to Kent Brown and Josh Whitman for that one. That that news dump after that. Kudos. There's no kudos involved there. That wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> ideal. 
Yeah, I, I would love to have asked him. We reached out to Justin, having her back. He did speak with Colin Likas of the News Gazette. But um, Justin Spring steps down. I mean, this is one of the greatest athletes of all time at Illinois. He was a student when I was a student. Um, was unbelievable. And uh, obviously went on to, to win a bronze medal in the Olympics for Team USA. Comes back to his alma mater, wins a national championship. Last coach at Illinois to win a national championship for a team back in 2012, 2011, somewhere in there. And he decides to move on to be an assistant at Alabama. And Justin said, um, you know, women's gymnastics is, is a beast right now. Certainly is more so than men's. But I, I'd love to ask him, because he's talked to me about it before, about men's gymnastics dying. There's 12 teams left in Division One. I. I would imagine, and this is just my speculation, if he's going to be a women's assistant, he's probably going to try and be a women's head coach at some point, maybe in the SEC where it's a big deal, Big 12, I know it's a big deal. Um, maybe he just doesn't see a future in men's gymnastics, at least collegiate men's gymnastics, and he's trying to set himself up more for the long term because Justin loves Illinois, absolutely loves Illinois, and he's been fighting for men's gymnastics for a long time. But I'd imagine, again, speculation, he probably sees that as a losing battle right now. Yeah, that's probably fair. There's, I believe now, 12, right? 12 Division One men's gymnastics programs. That's a lot less than, than women's gymnastics programs. And I, I think Justin has had a pretty a pretty good pulse for a while on the state of men's gymnastics. He's been open with you, Jeremy, on the record about that. Uh, especially when the pandemic, I, I remember you talked to him about that then. And we're just speculating, like I said, we haven't talked to him. Because Minnesota but, and Iowa, I think, are two programs that got cut um, during the pandemic. Yeah, there's not a lot. So maybe that's it. I, I, I'd be fascinated to hear from him about what went into that decision. But that was, uh, that was really big news, Jeremy. I'd also like to hear from Josh Whitman about the future of that sport at Illinois sure would would have been a good time yesterday when we were with him for two hours to ask about that look i i understand how they layered that but i, I don't love it i don't think we in the media should love that no. or like that or approve of how that was done that was not that contract wasn't signed in the hour and a half after we walked out of bfl and by the time that tweet came that that was that was not because there's got to be I, i'm sure he's a addressed it with the team right um so maybe that's all he cares about but i think there's a community of people who support that program uh that would like to hear what, what's going to happen uh with men's gymnastics because uh, the sport overall doesn't seem to be in a great spot when you're i mean this is one of the star head coaches of illinois i know it's not basketball football but outside of mike small right and maybe some of those years with kevin hambly and chris thomas like Justin was as good as what he does uh, is a lot of coaches who have ever been at Illinois. Mm, that, was, that, was, that was surprising. I didn't expect to see that yesterday. All right. Uh, any takeaways from what he said about men's basketball? He bragged on his program a lot, Joey, as he should. I'm, I'm floored that he, he's happy with the direction of men's basketball. Okay. I did think, and I wrote about this, Jeremy, I think the big thing, I don't know who he was talking to. Maybe he was talking to himself. Maybe he was talking to Alvin. Maybe he was talking to Twitter.com. I don't know. But I think he said, like, it's okay to step back and be like, hey, we're, we're in a pretty good spot. And they are. And they objectively are. And I understand when Illinois flew out of Pittsburgh in March that it was probably hard to see that for probably for them, Probably for fans. I, I understand, not probably for fans. Are you kidding me? Definitely for fans. Like, I, I understand that. But it's okay to step back and be like, man, this team was not very good in Brad's first two years. It is very good now. And none of that is to say, all right, put your feet up. It's, uh, we're, we're good here for the foreseeable future. There's still places they want to go. Josh will tell you that. Brad has told us that. But it's, I, I just thought that was, kind of an important point sometimes to just be able to step back and be like, you know, this is, this is all right. Yeah. It's, it's appreciating the moment. Like, I mean, how many times, I mean, it's, it's necessary, but it's becoming 
a little bit exhausting to have to write the asterisk or the, even though they haven't made it past the second round of the, that's hanging over the program, right? That is the one negative thing hanging over the program. But I think anybody that was, you know, there's definitely people skeptical of Brad Underwood the last couple of years. Like he's answered that. Like this is one of the best programs in the big 10. It's a nationally relevant program. Again, uh, it's one big 10 championships. It's starting to get a lot of talent to, to compete with the best. Um, yeah. It's being, it's being appreciative of where you are and understanding like what's the Andy Bernard quote. I wish you knew when it was the good, old days. the good old days before they were, if you stuck around the office that long to get the end of that, um, good, good for you. Great quote. I wish you the good old days before they're gone. I think that's what it was. All right. Looking it up. I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. And that's what he's hitting on is like, we have to enjoy these moments. And he brought up Iowa. And I think everybody did. Um, you can go through so many of those Michigan, Michigan state this year, right? Like Trent Frazier hitting those shots. Like sometimes I got to remind myself of some of those moments of where they got to, to winning a share of the regular season championship for the first time since D Brown and Darren Williams. Like that's the stuff they're accomplishing. And I know you don't have the final four run or even the sweet 16 run yet, but I think that's what Josh was hitting on is it's a pretty good time. Like this, this is a golden era of, of Illinois basketball and you want it to continue and you want it to get better. And we're pushing for that. But he said, it's okay to be happy yet unsatisfied. And that's kind of where he is. And I thought that was a good way of putting it as, as Josh usually finds a way um, football, anything big uh, on football there. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I asked him about standing behind. Look, it was a financial commitment to stand behind Brett's decision to make an offensive coordinator change after. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to say kudos to you, Joey, for asking about the Barry Lunny thing, because I think we got more insight onto that decision from Josh Whitman than anybody yet so far yeah i don't recall because because if you recall joey the uh the zoom with brett bielma after he fired tony peterson and hired barry lunny uh wasn't very productive yeah that was that was not it didn't that wasn't yeah i don't think we got any answers uh but but i i it did cost a commitment to to fire barry to hire ryan away from uts or to hire uh good lord man to fire Tony Peterson, hire Barry Ronnie away from UTSA, and then give Ryan Walters a contract extension to make him a very, very wealthy defensive coordinator. Uh, so, so I asked Josh, I said, what, I guess, what gives you the confidence in Brett's approach to back him with that financial commitment? And Josh, and I'm paraphrasing, I haven't transcribed it entirely yet, said, hey, I kind of made a promise to this guy that I was going to back him up. And what kind of AD would I be if I told him these things? And then the first time he came and said, Hey, this is something we need. I I wasn't there to back him up. And, and this didn't sound like it came like one day, Brett just walked in and was like, no, this isn't like, it sounds like there were discussions between Brett and Josh. And this was a thought out approach from Brett. This wasn't a, Hey, I'm, you know, pissed off. We scored three points against Wisconsin. Time to make a, a change here. It was it was a, a kind of a longer discussion than that. And Josh felt the urge to back him. But he also said, I should say, he also added that the turf, the new turf they got, 
Brett Bielma was behind that a little bit. It wasn't supposed to be to this point. I also thought it was interesting, and I wish I had maybe followed up a little bit, that he said, I'm not going to rubber stamp everything Brett Bielma walks into my office with either. But I do think it was important for him. And let's be honest, Josh really, really, really needs football to work here. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it was important for him to see him behind Brett and say, hey, this all right, yeah, this is a big change financially, optically, but I'm with you on it. And let's be honest, Josh Whitman knows football. He saw it. I, I, if he saw Tony Peterson have a solid offense last year and say, hey, hey Brett, do we need to do this? Like, I think he's pretty – he saw what happened. And, and you and I know around the program there's a question. Like, there was concern. Like, is this going to work uh, long term? So he decides to support his guy, and that's what he's done. He has supported his coaches until the day he fires him. I imagine I can't, I wish I knew the conversation of what happened. When Lovey Smith said, I'm going to be the defense coordinator. I'm hiring my son as the linebackers coach, Bob McClellan. You know what I mean? Like I, I bet Josh was like, all right, this is what you want to do, but it better work. Uh, otherwise we're going to have to make a change at some point. I, I'd imagine he told Brett, all right, yeah, you'll get the support. We need to turn this around. I'm not saying, you know, Brett Bielman was a year in, had a competitive year, but like, Hey, I'm, I'm putting all of this into you. Just remember that, right? Like he is, he has put his uh, money behind uh, Brett Bielman as he should, and he's going to support him until Brett gives him a reason not to support him. And that's, that's how Josh has kind of always been with his coaches. Same way with Brad Underwood. He didn't tell Brad like, Oh, you lost Antigua and Chin Coleman. Ah, go hire some up and comers. He said, no, here's the biggest budget you want. Go hire a freaking fantastic staff. Yeah. You know, I remember when Lovey got fired, Jeremy, that Josh said almost the exact same thing. I'm going to stand behind my coaches and go all in for them until I can't anymore, until the day that I can't. And obviously felt like he reached that day with Lovey Smith. But I, I just thought that was fascinating to finally get some sort of insight on the offensive coordinator change, which was kind of, it wasn't, I don't know, we've talked about this a thousand times. It wasn't shocking in the sense of, wait, what? I can't believe it. It was like, oh, it was one year and they're doing this. Like that, the, the surprise was the time and not the, the move. And to hear some insight on that was, to me, that was important. It was the urgency and the conviction of the move, right? So quickly uh, that really stood out. And uh, it's the biggest story of maybe Illinois athletics this year. Um, you know, maybe people are more focused on basketball, but for Illinois football to work, its offense has to work. And Barry Lunny now has the keys to that offense. So he's one of the most important figures now in Illinois. I thought, like, sorry, Barry, don't mean to put some pressure on you, but this is the job you signed up for. Um, women's basketball, I, I thought was really interesting. Uh, I do want to say with football, too, uh, he said his player exit meetings with seniors was as enthusiastic and positive as he's heard in his time at Illinois. So he said that was really reassuring, obviously. Uh, women's basketball, he said he still can't figure out. Uh, Matt Stevens asked the question about, hey, did you do a dive into like why this hasn't worked with so many coaches? And, and Josh said, I can't figure it out, but I feel pretty good about Shauna Green um, and, and what she's doing. So obviously, Shauna's a little different than Nancy Fay in that she's done at the divisional level. In my opinion, she's very much the resume of Matt Bolant. Matt Bolant got had cultural issues that I think really sidestepped him, but he was doing well in recruiting early on, felt good, had some nice early results, and then the cultural issues just rotted that program. Uh, Josh feels pretty good, though, uh, about Sean Green, and that's going to take time, though, right? Like, I, I don't know if there was huge newsworthy things, but I thought it was worth mentioning there. No, next year will be much more interesting on, on the women's basketball front because I feel like we've – we have asked a lot of questions about Shauna Green 100 days in to this, give or take. And we should see, see it on the basketball floor at this point, right? And, and obviously, there's very good vibes about what she's doing with the current team, the team she's brought in on the recruiting trail. But for us, it's like, all right, well, let's, let's see some basketball here. And it always gets to that point on June 29th. It was the same way last spring with Brett Bielema football. It's like, all right, okay, yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Can we see some football, please? And you're getting to that point a little bit now. All right, let's do some quick tidbits. Um, Josh Whitman likes divisions in football. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to stop it from going away, um, but uh, he, he supported divisions full-throatedly. I, I thought Brett Bielma kind of talked around it, but he clearly is in favor of divisions, I think especially with Illinois and the, the division it is in uh, and the success he's had. 
it, against a similar schedule with Wisconsin previously. I know divisions weren't there, but um, yeah, not a surprise there. He said he'd be open-minded though. And if he's given a reason to think not having divisions is the best, I think Josh Whitman would probably be pretty positive about a similar ACC system where they have the three, five, five. If Illinois was guaranteed Purdue Northwestern and Indiana, I, I think those rivalries would be important. Maybe Beal would want Iowa or something like that. But um, I, I think if you had those three, you know, maybe if you have Ohio state, some people have mentioned that's not a rivalry. I don't think it should be protected. But I think they would probably compromise and feel pretty good about something like that. Yeah, of course, Illinois should like divisions. You're in the West. The West is winnable. It's not like you're guaranteed to win the West, but it's much more winnable than the East. That's as clear as clear could possibly be. I also thought it was interesting that Josh said, okay, if we're doing this, which to your point, you got the sense that he would much prefer not to do that. But if we're doing this, let's do it once. I don't want to make a change and then in three years make a change again and then constantly chase our tails about this. If we're making a change, let's get it out there. Let's be right in our decision and let's move on so we don't have to think about this, so fans don't have to think about this. And this is just is what it is. And I thought that was interesting as well. It was basically don't do legends and leaders again, right? Like that was basically, basically what he was saying. Uh, and college football playoff, I mean, he's in favor of expansion. Basically, um, nothing too surprising on that route. Um, also, he he made mention that, you know, Illinois, the IHSA seemed to really like what they did with the boys basketball championships. You and I were covering uh, the NCAA tournament, so we weren't able to take part in that this year. But um, he said Illinois wants to bid on the IHSA football championships. And, and Joey, this is a, a complicated deal because what, how many years now has it been that Champagne and DeKalb have been rotating? I mean, most of the last decade right yeah yeah that's a good it's been a little bit here and and then the, the uh, to hold up would be the ihsa appears to prefer one site moving forward uh that cannot be done in champagne given the home one year away one year with northwestern which conflicts that weekend uh just a little fun fact i have to imagine that they not fun fact fun opinion I can't imagine they're going to be rearranging the illinois northwestern game just to host IHSA football every year like that let's move it to what do you move it to yeah here, here's the thing um the IHSA said that they're going to require it has to be a 12,000 seat stadium at least right there's there's six places yeah there's six places uh SIU down in Carbondale ISU uh in normal and both those places might host a college football playoff game are they going to turn down a college football playoff home game for that I, I that's a huge conflict obviously ryan field northwestern is the same conflict as illinois um husky stadium niu has a home game on thanksgiving saturday this year now they usually have maction midweek maction so i think niu still makes some sense but they can't they would have to work with the mac on that so maybe that's the most likely scenario here soldier field in chicago man that place and that grass field cannot hold up. Like they can't have Friday, Saturday, eight high school football games, and then have the bears play your Packers and get crushed on that turf uh, the following Sunday. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Josh didn't really get into details and there were other things I wanted to follow up on. So I didn't follow up on this, but he didn't give details. We said, we're going to give a bid. Uh, we know we have some things to work around. Bielma said the same thing. I don't think they're going to ask the big 10 to move anything around um i don't think they would be able to get that i think to get a stern no so these ihsa change something do they change their schedule the way i don't know i don't know what that looks like i think what the ihsa is going to ultimately have to do this is just speculation is you're going to have to punt on your dream of having one one site like that to me is the easiest answer to come back to because it's worked you I mean, you literally have the template in front of you to how to make it work right and you have Illinois who still says, yeah, we want to do this, which, by the way, big duh, that Illinois wants to have every other year. They'd probably like it every year if they could swing it. It just makes the most sense for the IHSA to say, you know, all right, this isn't exactly what our ideal dream scenario was, but shoot, this works. And this is the best option we've got other than maybe having DeKalb 
work around and have Northern work around where there's no Saturday, Friday or Saturday games after Thanksgiving to host that. But I, th- I, I just, I think the IHSA would also have interest in that being at Illinois. Like it, yeah. it makes sense to be there. Well, I, I think it's all going to ultimately work, but yeah, they're going to submit a bid. They're going to try to keep this thing. No shock to us, Jeremy, to me, it just keep it as it is, man. It's working enough. The other thing I, I thought was really nice uh, of Josh during this was he singled out some retirements, some some people. He really talked a lot about Warren Hood um, and, and gave him a big shout out. And I don't know if he's going to get any press clippings. I know he gave a statement, uh, but I thought that was very sincere. Warren Hood's been somebody behind the scenes who's worked on the State Farm Center renovation, the Memorial Stadium renovation. Uh, he's been there for three decades, four decades, maybe. And a really nice dude to talk to, but uh, he said he's one of the most unsung heroes of Illinois athletics and somebody behind the scenes that is so key to the entire operation of how that athletic department works. And there's so many of those people, uh, but Warren Hood was, you know, a holdover through Gunther, through Mike Thomas. And I think he was indispensable to Josh Whitman in his what now six, seven years here. Uh, So I thought that was, that was worthy of of a shout out here that uh, Josh gave a really, you know, nice, sincere, uh, thank you to Warren Hood, uh, who's now enjoying, as, as he should, his retirement. And that was part of why he didn't want to continue with hockey, because he knew Warren was the spearhead of that project. And he didn't want you know, to put that on somebody else right now. And um, you know, continuing without Warren was probably going to be pretty difficult. Yeah, I know for some people, the name doesn't really resonate. And I understand Warren, for the large part, was kind of the behind the scene. You know, there weren't a lot of media appearances with Warren Hood to understand who he was but I, I did honestly Jeremy as you mentioned that I think Josh was going to get a little his voice was going to break a little bit uh, I, I did and I'm not trying to be dramatic I thought there was going to be a point when he was talking about Warren Hood that he like Warren Hood meant a lot to Josh Whitman be, being his you know right hand man there and I, I just I thought that was a very sincere uh, wish well on the retirement for him Anything else, Joey, that we hit on? I mean, there was two hours. We've talked 45 minutes about it. I think we gave the digest of it. Yeah, I can't. I really wish I had transcribed all two hours yesterday. <laughs> uh, so I could... It takes so much time. And that's what we're doing. Like, we're getting through some of this. Um, they don't. They personally don't want, they ask, don't put the whole transcript out. Like, that would take, like, five hours to do. But we have so much content coming out of this for Josh. I, I thought it was pretty newsworthy some of the things we hit on um and i I just i appreciate it and i think fans appreciate knowing candidly where their athletic director what the state of the program is he talked about the finances a little bit they lost 14 and a half million dollars during the pandemic he said that was one of the lowest in the big 10 i i haven't looked into those numbers uh to to double check that but um he said 30 million dollars in in Fundraising last year was up 15%. So, you know, um, they seem to be a solid state of the Illini. That That's kind of what I would say, right? They seem to be in a pretty solid place leadership-wise. And now we'll see if basketball continue to do what it's doing and then if football can can take that big leap. Because if football takes off, man, it, it just finds the stability and fills that Memorial Stadium. That's probably something we should have mentioned. That might have been the thing people talked about most from this, Joey was that Josh kind of pleaded for people to buy football tickets. Now he added, we understand winning games is the biggest part of that. But he said for our program and really our department to take the next step, we need the atmosphere there, which is clearly not there. Like I thought the students showed up this year. He said 70% increase in attendance. I thought that was really cool. He didn't see as many empty student section pictures this past year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this year is. Um, but man, if, if they can start filling Memorial stadium or at least three quarters full Memorial stadium, like some of their big 10 rivals, Purdue, Minnesota can do, then all of a sudden, uh, this athletic department's revenue situation is far better. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a reason we always say like, we're not just joking when we say football is the biggest driver here. It is it's from media contracts, which is obviously one right now being worked through, Between the Big Ten and media partners, that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be some nice cash coming into Big Ten schools. But you got to have people there. And you're right, it was was the most discussed thing. I think some people were taken aback, like, well, if you win, we'd show up type deal. I get it. I understand. understand. 
yeah and, and, and josh understands that and but uh, yeah man it's i, I think he's it, telling people that hey i understand sitting at home and watching football i don't want to go to a bears game i think college football is a little different though and i think he's telling fans that like hey i understand you want to sit at home that's a you can watch more games all that but it is important if we want to succeed here that we have to have a better stadium. So I think he's, I think he's trying to push for those people who are big Illinois fans, but just rather sit at home. Hey, you can help our program out a lot. If you just show up to the stadium. Well, I think the other interesting part of that was, as he talked about how much he and his wife and his family like to travel and they'd get these quote unquote, was he called like travel guides. And, you know, this is what you have to do in X city or Y city. And he said, if we made that for Illinois, we understand we need more have to do's on game day. And I thought that was interesting, too, is to to elevate that game day experience. And when he said that, I thought, and, and now, Jeremy, you and I are different. Like, we're there two hours early. I don't know what the have-to-dos are because mine is I have to sit down, open my computer, and get a plate full of food until I can't move until halftime. Like, that's my have-to-do. And, and um, figure out the injuries. That's the number one thing, right? Yeah, it's the number two thing behind getting a plate of food. So I <laughs> – but like, what are they? What, what are the have-to-dos on Illinois football game? I think that's something they need to, to figure out, too. And really, now there's some. There's a stadium walk, and when all the players hey, come through. Mike Thomas's best thing he ever did was Grange Grove. All right, fan, I, that is a great environment. And when that is full early in the year when the weather is nice, it's a great spot. It's a really great spot. I think the Illini walk, it's early. It's two and a half hours before. But I do think the fact that you can just go up to Chase Brown and slap his hand or see Brett Bielema and wave down, like, it's pretty cool. I, I think it could be cool if Illinois football was good and a lot of people cared about that. I think that place would be packed. It's just they haven't won. It's interesting. I, I had somebody tell me, uh, just a high school coach somewhere, I was out covering a game and and they said, you know, Wisconsin is, is – and they're not trying to, to crap on any other school, but the point was look at all the space that Illinois has around Memorial Stadium for tailgating. There's the Grange Grove. There's a big lot across from that. There's the State Farming. There's a lot of open area for tailgating. He said not every Big Ten school has all of this open area. Like if this thing gets going – and this is if, right? We've been saying that forever – but if this thing gets going, there's a lot of space to kind of make that a pull for people. Like, look at all this tailgating that you could do in all this space. And I, I think that's something to, to lean into. Of course, you need to you need to win football games. You need to get that interest. You need to make it a destination. But that, that's a part of it. I thought it was funny when Josh said, hey, we had a lot of students show up in that tailgating space in Grange Grove. Now we need to get them inside the stadium. <laughs> he goes, because it is great. It's great tailgating spot. I'll say that about like White Sox. Go to White Sox game. Tailgating's phenomenal there um, for the for the 20,000 of us that are actually going into the stadium. So Lambo tailgating, awesome. What it was? Lambo. Oh, well. I don't even know if I have to go in. The whole state shows up for that, man, because they win all the time. You have Hall of Fame quarterbacks every year of your life. Oh, you know, here we go. Get Jeremy out the soapbox. Ah, spoiled. Just spoiled. Just, just, just tell me you're enjoying being spoiled. Like, can you understand you're being spoiled? That's all I need. That's all I need from you. That make you happy. Yeah. Just be appreciative and stop yelling about your team losing in the playoffs. Cause I just like my team to make the playoff. I will not be ticked off when my team loses in heartbreaking fashion. Okay. This is very much the Illinois basketball discussion, right? Yeah. Right. This is very much that discussion. And, and I, I'm like the Penn state basketball fan saying, shut up. You want real problems? Penn state do to you. <laughs> What'd you say? Penn state do to you. Oh, well, it's just Penn State bad. They've actually been pretty good here lately, right? They've been competitive, scrappy. If Illinois football were Penn State basketball, would they be happy? They'd definitely be happy being Rutgers basketball, right? If you had the Pico-like football program, wouldn't you be happy? Yeah. So uh, Imani Bates just committed to Eastern Michigan. Uh, I know that was perfect fit. Perfect. In fit. some pockets of the internet, there was some unfounded discussion that maybe he would be interested in Illinois. He is going to Eastern Michigan and that was never going to happen to begin with. Sources. Sources. Um, yeah, he's Ypsilanti native. 
He wants to be the guy. You can be the guy at Eastern Michigan, Imani Bates. Good for him. Breaking news during a podcast. Are they going to win the MAC? Will Eastern Michigan win the MAC? Uh, no. Um, boy, I hate to say that. I, I, could, no, could be. Could be. Buffalo. Could be I'm a Buffalo guy. Or Isaac Trotter was a Buffalo guy. He liked watching Buffalo. Can't say I watched a lot of MAC basketball. Hey, my boy John Gross, doing pretty well at Akron. Made the tournament last year. I think they can win it again. By the way, I, yeah. I got to I got to hang out and watch basketball for about an hour with John Gross. Fantastic. Had a great time. Good to see him again? Yeah. He's an enjoyable guy. Seems to be doing really well there. They're taking care of him. Just want to shout out to John. It was nice to see him. Always, always liked him. Uh, just obviously didn't have enough success here. So good to see him having success at Akron. All right, that'll do it. Uh, Josh Whitman covered a lot of ground. So hopefully we covered a lot of ground with you guys here today. Let you know a little bit about what was going on. All right, everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir podcast. <laughs>